Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. I'm excited to have Helen Cummins join us again as a returning guest to our podcast. Helen, I would love for you to just briefly introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience before we dive in. Sure. So um, thanks, Shauna. So my name is Helen Cummins, and for the past 10 years, I've been leading global sales enablement teams within the tech industry. I also have an extensive background in product marketing, as well as many years of experience as a major accounts manager selling into financial services companies. Currently, I'm based in the Bay Area. Again, Helen, I'm super excited to have you back on our podcast today. Um, I know that you have been doing a lot of research um, around kind of the current situation with COVID and the economic activity and how companies have had to kind of rapidly alter the way that they are conducting business. In your opinion, how has the COVID-19 crisis disrupted the way that we sell today? Sure. So first, let me start off by saying that even before the pandemic, companies were already under pressure to change their sales strategy and processes so that they better align with evolving customer expectations. So we all knew that sales was getting difficult. In fact, it's been widely reported that even before the pandemic, only about 53% of sellers have been baking their quotas, and that's down from 63% in 2012. Now, from what I've seen, some companies have taken steps to transform and in the process, advance their digital evolution. So for them, the current climate should be easier to navigate, even if they have to make some adjustments. Um, but for others who are still operating with traditional selling models, the crisis has drawn senior leaders into urgent tactical details. And these companies have had to make rapid changes to function under the quarantine caused by this pandemic. So for instance, since we've had to replace customer face-to-face meetings with video or with phone calls, some companies have had to really quickly invest in the appropriate tools that would enable them to collaborate with customers and and with their employees. And then on the topic of tools, I've spoken with companies that had previously bought some leading edge AI and automation tools, but then they were put aside because their fields failed to adopt them. Now they've got this great opportunity to go ahead and reintroduce these tools and then potentially get a return on those investments. Next, um, there's training. So training may have been neglected. And then there's silos that may persist between organizations like the age-old sales and marketing silos. Uh, Since they're often both engaged in the selling process, the risk of an inconsistent customer experience is real. And then finally, in a recent uh, discussion that I had with some colleagues, we talked about the fact that the pressure to improve company websites has increased and companies, or sorry, customers had complained that websites were difficult to navigate or had lacked the ability to order online. So when considering that reports state that up to 61% of customers prefer to research solutions online in in lieu of calling their sales rep, you can see how this is problematic. So customer experience matters now more than ever. The bottom line is, is that this COVID-19 crisis is forcing companies to consider sales in the short term 
and in the long term, how they're going to move forward. And while the situation is difficult, this is an opportunity to emerge stronger for the future. And I recommend that we protect learning budgets or pay the price later. And then second, act quickly to build up critical workforce capabilities. You don't want to wait. This is where we shift to sales enablement 2.0. That's extremely insightful, Helen. Uh, I think for our audience, I'd love to understand what can sales enablement do to help the field be more productive during and after the pandemic? Sure. So let's begin with discussing short-term action, specifically while we're going through this crisis. It starts with recognizing that while sales enablement has a job to do, these are difficult times for everyone, both personally and professionally. I have been finding that this is a great time to go out and connect with reps and with sales leaders, all at different levels of performance, mind you, to understand their challenges and how I can help. Next steps are then to get to the field um, what they need. This could be improving their ability to operate in a digital environment, and that's in addition to your standard sales and solutions training. And then sales enablement, remind, mind you, it doesn't have to do all of this, um, all of the training itself. There is a ton of free training out there to leverage. And additionally, I have found that sales, inside sales specifically, already comfortable with virtual selling can share some excellent best practices. Communication, their key. Keeping the field informed of the latest programs, assets, and training, but paying close attention that they're relevant to your target audiences, that they're clear, that they're on point, and that they're timely. And then there's also an opportunity to provide deal support. Right now, we all know that deals are under the spotlight. In fact, a rep told me that enablement could really help them out right now by directing them to the right content and to the right tools or by informing marketing about where there's gaps. Yes, we already do this, but right now, this support is particularly needed. One effective option that I've successfully exercised as well in the past has been engaging solution experts on my team to provide technical expertise needed to help close those really competitive deals. It's all hands on deck right now. And strengthening trust and relationships today will go a long way in the future. Now, before we move on to the next question, I just wanted to mention that there's one thing that I've learned from having led major change management initiatives, it's this. Unless you start now, calibrate on the go, and then reiterate, you can't significantly impact the results of the actions that we've just covered. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I want to come back to that change management topic because that is big with sales enablement professionals. But sure. to go back to the second part of that question, what can sales enablement do to set companies up for success uh, when the crisis subsides? Okay, well, we've got to start planning now. And that's like today, as economies reopen, there will be unmet demands. Some folks will be doing their jobs differently and companies are going to start hiring again. And then for that, we'll have to really start getting those folks quickly onboarded. Uh, we got to make sure that we're set up for success. So here's some ideas. First, companies are going to be reviewing how their customers want to buy, what they value, and then the experiences um, that they expect. And then they're going to go out and recalibrate sales strategy and approach. So sales enablement 2.0 needs to be tied into these discussions and prepared to align our plans and programs to any new business models. There could be new processes, new sales tools, new content, and, and new personas that we may need to help moving forward. 
Second, there are many reports out there that state that telecommuting will persist to some degree post-pandemic. And with this in mind, converting some of our on-site training content so that it can be administered virtually may be needed, or employing modern sales enablement tools that deliver personalized learning experiences could be helpful. That said, some sellers have told me that with all the virtual meetings and trainings underway, they're starting to find them a little numbing. So I have found that in addition to keeping sessions brief, mixing things up by employing multiple and engaging speakers during, you know, doing short demos, games, and quizzes. These are all helpful for keeping your audience from checking out. Now, it does remain to be seen whether virtual training will completely replace on-site training. There's still agreement that with some training, um, it just can't be done well virtually, especially if it's very long or hands-on. Time's going to tell. Um, there is agreement, however, that some training doesn't even have to be event-based. So the use of guides, cheat sheets, VODs, they just might be enough. And then finally, there's the issue of field productivity. It's been reported that on average, non-selling tasks take up about two-thirds of a rep's time. Sellers have voiced concerns about time spent searching for content, uh, modifying content, or trying to figure out how to use tools that were meant to increase their productivity. This is where sales enablement can help. So for instance, by building a single, well-managed and easily navigated sales portal to host and rank for usefulness all of the assets that the field needs in one place. And along the lines of tools, they may be managed by sales ops at some companies, but perhaps sales enablement can go out and, and help collect the field feedback and or collaborate on training with them. I think those are great areas for sales enablement to focus. Now, could you help kind of outline some of the skills, though, that we might need to help build? Sure. Um, one strategy for how to move forward has been defined who to skill and what skills are needed can then be determined. And I have found it really helpful to build learning maps for each role, not just for the field's benefit, but also as a guide for where enablement needs to uh, focus our investments. So here's some skills that keep coming up um, during my discussions with sales leaders. First is digital skills. Um, training on the use of collaboration tools as well as sales automation tools will be key. And one leader also mentioned that uh, training should also cover call preparation, including you know, researching prospects as well as delivering positive customer experiences virtually. It's clear that as a consequence as of this pandemic, expectations from B2C customer experiences continue to impact expectations for B2B customer experiences. But now it's at an accelerated rate. Next is um, sales methodology. That one came up as well. Um, so um, methodologies that help bridge the gap between how customers are buying and how companies are selling to them, you know, that help engage um, sales earlier, especially given the fact that customers are often two-thirds along the way in researching their solutions before they even call a sales rep. So during a conversation that I had with a few sellers, they underlined the fact that especially after what's happened with this pandemic, having relevant insights to share um, with customers is going to be key to getting a meeting. So insights about what's going on in the industry, 
best practices, uh, new solutions, and then how companies are using them. And then finally, there's interpersonal skills. So for example, advanced skills needed to ensure that reps can build relationships despite the distance. And also coping skills such as time management, adaptability, and, and the mental stamina. One very successful and outgoing account rep um, that I spoke with mentioned that while she loved the time saved from not commuting and the fact that it was easier to bring in experts or connect with many more customers in a day, at times she felt overwhelmed because there's now less downtime to collect her thoughts after every, after every call because she normally would do this in the car. And then there was another sales rep who mentioned that not all of his customers will turn on video, which makes it really hard for him to pick up on visual clues like you know, facial expressions. Um, so again, some of our inside sales reps may have some excellent suggestions that could be captured and then shared. I love that. Now, you've talked about sales reps, but uh, what about sales leader training? Is that sometimes overlooked? Yeah, that's a good point, Shauna. Uh, sales enablement really needs to be supporting our frontline managers and our sales executives. So, you know, after all, sales enablement is an end-to-end -end function. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that these leaders are under tremendous pressure. They're being pulled in by members of their teams, by customers, and, and then by their own leaders. So they may require training on how to effectively manage relationships or, or lead their, their teams virtually, you know, without the benefit of lunches or those corridor chats. So, so here's some uh, ways that we can help in addition to training um, that their sellers are already taking. Um, first, it's best practice sharing. So we can pull together sessions with sales leaders to facilitate this, um, specifically covering what's working, what's not, what practices have been successful helping employees build their self-awareness or their self-confidence or their resiliency so that they can use these new experiences as a, a source for learning. Um, we can also collect and package these insights that come out of these sessions so that they can be shared with everyone. And then next, we can do training on coaching and advanced interpersonal skills. We know that after we train the field, um, sales leaders are an invaluable source for reinforcing concepts and then helping to drive needed change. I have found it so helpful to provide sessions just for sales managers on coaching our teams. I think that's fantastic. How are what are some of the ways that you're measuring the impact though of these programs? Well, it depends on what you're measuring, but nevertheless, um, metrics need to be defined earlier in the process. So, I like to measure activity levels, like how many attended an event, did they do the work, or how did they do the work, and then there's quality. Did they like the training? Uh, there's adoption. Are they using new skills? Um, the, are they using the assets and the tools? And then there's impact. Did the training change behavior? Did it um, increase sales productivity and effectiveness? You know, and the other thing I want to mention is that I like to collect both qualitative data, which I use interviews often, for example, and then um, quantitative data, um, like number of clicks, you know, recording attendance, et cetera, you're going to get a much more complete picture that way. And then keep in mind that measurements are just a snapshot of where you are at any given time. To really determine impact, you want to measure how the results are trending over time and then just course correct as needed. Absolutely. Now, 
as I mentioned, I want to I wanted to return to the topic of change management um, because I think that that's critical to sales enablement always, but especially now in today's current climate. So what are some best practices that you've seen around change management that can be applied to improve the success of sales enablement efforts? Sure. Um, in my experience, if you want to improve the probability that people will stick to the new way of doing things, you really have to invest up front in mindset. Specifically for people to succeed in unfamiliar territory, they need to clearly understand the new vision, why any changes matter, and that's to the company and then to them personally. And I have learned that these messages um, have to be communicated more than once, and that's in a one-to-one and a one-to-many setting. Change is, is just isn't easy. If people can't share the same vision, then you're not going to be able to successfully execute. And very importantly, I have found that people need reinforcement when they are moving in the right direction. It really helps. Shauna, you and I recorded another podcast a few months back. It's episode 61, which is posted to the Sales Enablement Pro website. In it, I emphasize the importance of mindset and change management. That's fantastic. Well, um, I will, I definitely encourage our audience to check that out. That was a fantastic podcast with you, by the way. Now we're, we're getting close to time. So I just want to ask kind of one closing comment, um, from your, from your perspective, how might sales enablement evolve after the pandemic? Well, many, many people predict that we will not go back entirely to what was in place before the pandemic and instead keep some of the lower cost models. Um, But some leaders that I've spoken to noted that while we have to pay attention to cost, there's just some experiences that can't be replicated virtually, like getting to know your customer or colleague over a coffee or a meal. We need that human connection. And that's true for training as well. Um, So, you know, this is especially true in a B2B large, high-tech relationship. Now, every company is ultimately going to align to a model that they think is right for their business. And and while it's early to predict exactly how sales enablement will evolve, I think that it will be key to continue capitalizing on building and strengthening skills moving forward, you know, cultivating a culture of resilience and of lifetime learning. And then by capturing what works and what doesn't now, We've put ourselves in a position to apply these lessons during disruptive events in the future. If there is anything that has been proven during this time, it's the need to be flexible and to adapt quickly, to be ready for what we can't see around the corner. And this is where Sales Enablement 2.0 can help lead the way. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. I think adaptability is absolutely critical. So thank you so much, Helen, for coming to join us again today and having this conversation with us about a a really critical topic um, in today's current economic climate. Thank you so much, Helen. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Shauna. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.